Uh, as we begin this morning, I'm going to declare a couple statements, and I would absolutely love it if you would participate with me. Uh, the first statement I am going to proclaim is God is good, and your response is going to be all the time. And then we're going to reverse it, and I'm going to say all the time, and you're going to say God is good. You know the drill. You ready? God is good. All the time. The second statement I'm going to declare this morning is one that Christians have been declaring on this day for centuries. I'm going to say, Christ is risen. And your response is, he is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. You guys are good at this. Uh, he is risen. Today, we are celebrating the best news in all of history, that Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. And everything that we talk about this morning is going to be based on those two truths. God is good, and he is risen. But we're going to wrestle with this a little bit this morning. And it, in fact, we're going to wrestle with one of the most common questions of our day. In fact, I'm willing to bet either you or someone you know has wrestled with this question. And it's phrased in a variety of different ways, something like this. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why does God allow so much evil in the world? How many of you would say, yes, I have wrestled with that, or I know someone that has? Just a simple show of hands. Okay, they, almost everyone. Uh, for those of you who have asked that question, do not feel bad. Most of us have. For those of you that have never asked that question, I would like you to line up at the door when we leave today. And all of us that have want you to touch us. Because if it's contagious, the blessing that you have, we want it. Because most of us have wrestled with why am I suffering? Why do good things not happen to good people? Why do sometimes bad things happen to good people? Even biblical characters have wrestled with that question. When God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham wrestled with that question. You see, God said that he was going to destroy everyone. And Abraham said, are you going to destroy the righteous with the unrighteous? Are you going to, you going to let bad happen to good people? Abraham said, and I quote, will not, will not the judge of the earth do right? Jeremiah once asked, why do the wicked prosper. It's not fair that bad people are getting rich and the righteous are suffering. King David, over and over and over again in the Psalms, pleaded with God, why don't you answer me? Why are my enemies overtaking me? Where are you, God? Rescue me. This wrestling, this question is an ancient one. And people ask it in a variety of ways. Why do so many innocent children 
starved to death in our world? Why do people in developing countries die of things that we have a cure for? If God is so good, why does he allow things like tornadoes and earthquakes and terrorist attacks? Let me just say, those are fair questions. And I believe we need to answer them as honestly and as biblically as we can. But in almost 20 years of ministry, I can tell you that that's usually not what's on people's hearts. What's usually on people's hearts is a little bit more personal. It's the, why did bad things happen to me? Why did, why did someone I love get sick and die? Why, did, why didn't God answer me when I prayed? That's just my observation. When people are questioning the goodness of God, there is something personal behind it. I think one of the first seasons in my life that I acknowledged this question and wrestled with the goodness of God was during my teen years and young adult years. When I was in middle school, one of the kids that I grew up with was hit by a train on the way to school. Uh, we walked across those tracks every single day. And Laura ran ahead trying to beat the train. And she didn't make it. And then after my wife and I got married, within two years, two of the four groomsmen in my wedding were dead. And I can remember thinking, God, what? Why did you allow such good people, such good kids, really, to die so young. Unfortunately, many of you have had to wrestle with even more difficult situations. Some of you asked, God, why, why did you allow me to get abused? I was just a kid. Some of you have asked, Lord, wh why, why am I divorced? All I ever wanted was to be happily married, and now I'm divorced. Some of you wrestle with, I'm single, I'm like 50. Isn't there someone for me, God? Some of you wrestle with, why did she get cancer? Why can't we conceive a child? Why was our child the one born with some rare disease? God, I can't get ahead in life. You don't seem good, and you don't seem fair to me. I believe most people want to believe that God is good. They, they, they want to believe that he is just and in control and that he will make things right. But sometimes I think life kind of paints us into a corner and we think to ourselves, you know what? Either he doesn't exist or he's not the God that I thought I could trust. I want to wrestle with that wrestling this morning. But if you think I'm going to give you like three quick points and a poem, and the problem of evil is going to be solved, you're wrong. I'm just being honest with you. But I think I can point you to the one who can answer those questions. And I believe as we wrestle with that together that we will see that God truly is good, 
and that he truly is in control. So if that's true, why do bad things happen to good people? I think often in church we utilize this kind of twisted version of the the reaping and sowing principle. Uh, Sometimes Christians blame sin in people's lives for absolutely everything or the lack of faith for the bad that happens in people's lives. In other words, something bad went down because you done wrong. You're not praying right, or you haven't prayed long enough, or hard enough, or you're not believing in the right way or with enough faith. People, often well-meaning Christians, actually try to blame the person suffering for their suffering. We've all heard it. Uh, I want to boil all that nonsense down this morning because what they're really saying is your problem is just your fault. You can't find a job? You must not be praying and trusting in God. Still fighting that bad knee? Well, if you just had enough faith. Doctors? Medications? Well, I guess not all of us know the great physician. I want to take that trash to the curb this morning and deal with this in a biblical way. I wanna give you a few reasons why we might suffer upon this earth. And the first one, if you're taking notes on that insert sheet, number one, maybe you are experiencing difficulty simply because you are a casualty of living in a broken world. If you read the first three chapters of Genesis, you will see that what God first created was very good. Like after everything he created, he said, it is very good. There was no sin, no death, no sorrow, no pain. But when Adam and Eve sinned against God, the whole world suffered the consequences. And everyone in it, evil entered the world. Suffering entered the world. Ladies, pain in childbirth entered at that moment, and all the ladies can say, well, thanks a lot, Eve. Guys, work became work. Like, it became stressful, it became sweat. And all the guys can say, thanks a lot, Adam. Scripture tells us that the ground itself, that the earth itself was cursed on that day. Sickness, death, natural disasters, all because of sin entered the world. And it was because of this brokenness that Jesus said, in this world you will never get sick. No one will ever flip you off when you're driving. And you will never get a zit before prom. No, I, you know I made that up. But what J- Jesus did say in John 16, is, in this world you will have trouble. Trouble, pain, hard times, things you don't understand things you never would have wished upon yourself or anything else. It is a promise from Jesus that you will have trouble. But that's not the whole verse. You knew that too, right? This is the, this is the whole verse. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. We need to acknowledge that some bad things happen 
just because we live in a broken world. It's not because of a specific sin. It's because of a general brokenness. Number two, maybe you're bringing it on yourself. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Wait, Pastor Steve, you just said that it wasn't because of reaping and sowing. No, I said it wasn't the twisted version of reaping and sowing. To clarify, not every hurt, not every sickness, nor every bad thing you experience is because of sin in your life. But there are direct consequences for sin. If, if you go to a party and you drink 12 beers and you get into an accident on the way home and wreck your car and lose your license, you can't seriously pray to God and ask him why this evil thing is happening to you. You can't. Now, if you did pray, the Lord would sayeth unto thee, it is because thou drankest 12 beers and driveth into a pole that thou does not have one's license, thus saith the Lord. I made that up too. <laughs> Sometimes we bring evil on ourselves. It's biblical. Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. God, why am I struggling financially? Well, maybe it's because you drive a $60,000 car, live in a $250,000 house, just got home from vacation, but you only make $20,000 a year. And God, I'm not sure that God would actually say this, but maybe God would answer that prayer with, seriously? You, like, you need an answer to that? Why are bad things happening? Maybe you're just a casualty of living in a broken world. Or maybe you brought something upon yourself. But I want to stretch your faith a little bit with the third one. Maybe God wants to do something new. Maybe God is something up to something big. Maybe God is preparing you for something else. I don't think necessarily that God causes the evil that you're suffering, but maybe God is up to something. Look at John 9, 1 through 9 with me. As he went along, this is Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus said. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After this, after saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva. I know, and all God's people said, ew. And put it on the man's eyes. Go, 
he told him. Wash in the pool of Shalom. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seen. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, is this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claim that he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. Everyone even, everyone always tries to place blame. Even the disciples did it. Who sinned, this man or his parents? Did he bring it on himself? And Jesus lets us know that there doesn't always have to be a reason. It wasn't this guy's specific sin. He didn't bring it on himself, and it wasn't his parents. It was so that the glory of God might be revealed. I I love verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents, Jesus said, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. This blindness that didn't make sense and that this man never really wanted allowed him to say, I was blind, but now I see. Jesus did something new, something supernatural that brought glory to God. I I told you that I had a few of really close friends of mine die at a very young age. And when I started ministry at the first church right out of seminary, uh, I went to a Christian music festival with a group of 50 youth. Uh, It was called Creation. And when we got home, The youth found out that one of their friends, while we were gone, had died in a Jeep accident. And I gathered that group of kids around, and we prayed together, and we cried together. And I went home, and I just wept. For for those youth that were hurting, for the family that had lost a son. And because as I was standing in that circle with those kids, God spoke to my heart and said, I have been preparing you for this moment. You're walking through and seeking me through the death of your friends allowed you to walk these kids through the death of their friend and point them to me. I'm not trying to minimize anyone's pain, but maybe, just maybe, God is up to something new, something big. Maybe for you, it's just still Friday. What do you mean Friday, Pastor Steve? Well, this is Holy Week, and on Thursday and Friday, we remember the betrayal of Jesus. We remember the suffering of Jesus. And on Good Friday, we remember the death of Jesus. The confusion, the fear, it's Friday. And all the while, the disciples didn't know that Sunday was coming. And maybe, just maybe, in the midst of your pain and confusion, God has a Sunday coming for you too. You see, it took the death of Jesus for there to be a resurrection. Maybe God is planning a resurrection of sorts in your heart and in your life. Honestly, I know that he is. 
Because the word says, all things work together for good for those who love him. But even if you're not a Christian this morning, if you're just sitting here thinking, you know what, I'm here because my family drugged me here, you know this truth is true because everyone has seen it. All of us have gone through difficult things, hard things, things we didn't understand. But when we look back on the other side of those situations, we can say, you know what, I'm better for it. I'm stronger because of it. I'm, I'm different. Some of you would even say it was during those times that you got closer to God. And I'm saying maybe that was his plan. We all have struggles. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, he has overcome the world. You see, if you walk with God long enough, I believe that you will see that Jesus makes all things new, even things we don't understand, because God is good. This, this is a tremendous truth to wrestle with on Easter, and here's why. The question that all of us wrestle with, the question that we, we raise our hands about, it's a flawed question. Well, why do bad things happen to good people? None of us are good. I'm not, you're not, we live in a broken, sinful world, and we have all sinned. Something bad only happened to someone good one time in history, and it happened on Good Friday. But take heart, because Jesus Christ overcame the grave. And because he overcame the grave, we sinners can overcome sin and death and be resurrected with him too. And all God's people said, amen. amen. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Christ is risen. He is risen Let's pray. God, we give you thanks that you have risen and that you are good all the time. Thank you that you did not treat us fairly or justly as our sins deserve, but that you offered grace and forgiveness for all who put their trust in you. And God, we call out to you this day. Put our hope in the one that overcame death. In Jesus' name.